Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s, giving their perspective on the games that we love, the headlines in pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm your host, Wanda Burns, and my counterpart, Savon Morris, was not able to be here tonight, but I'm joined by a special guest um, for the first time, Alex Hansen, um, a friend of mine and, and also head of Momentum Media, um, it's an overall great channel um, where we interview celebrities, actors, directors, and um, getting into all movie news and pop culture. Um, Alex, uh, thank you so much for being on for the first time, man. Well, anytime, man. Uh, this is actually really fun, man. I, it's, fun, it's the first time I actually did a podcast that's not video. So, really? Yeah, so this is going to be fun. Wow. Yeah, I can't wait to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. Um, well, for um, for tonight, we're um, reviewing uh, the latest um, Zack Snyder's Justice League um, movie. And to get into this review, to start with the overview, um, Zack Snyder's Justice League, often referred to as the Snyder Cut, is the 2021 director's cut of the 2017 American superhero film Justice League. Um, it presents Justice League, the fifth film of the DC Extended Universe, and based on the DC Comics superhero team of the same name, as director Zack Snyder had intended it before he left the produ- production. Um, like the theatrical release, Zack Snyder's Justice League follows the Justice League, Batman, Super- uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Aquaman, and The Flash, um, as they attempt to save the world from a cat- catastrophic um, threat of Darkseid, Steppenwolf and their army of pure demons, um, starring Ben Affleck, Henry um, Cavill, Amy Adams, Gil Gadot, and Ray Fisher, at a budget of seventy million, and has a seventy-three percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but Alex, to start it off, like, what were your initial thoughts of the direction of Snyder, and more depth being added to the char- characters? As you know, there's just an overwhelming sentiment to it being a superior version compared to the 2017 film. I'll say, like, my pros for it would be, like, I think it was definitely a better cohesive story um, getting into it. Uh, we got to see more progression of Ben Affleck's character, Ray Fisher's character, and um, just all the other supporting mm-hmm. characters as well. I thought it was very uh, smooth. Yeah. I, lo- I love how they elaborated on how Darkseid was the one that uh, came to Earth and destroyed or tried to fight against, you know, the Atlanteans, the Lanterns, and the Amazons, because in the 2017 version, it was Steppenwolf. Um, and, but in this Snyder Cut, it was Darkseid. I like how uh, Steppenwolf's yeah. uh, story was actually cleaned up from the last one. Um, it seemed more concise and more reasonable to understand. My my thing was, uh, I didn't really like how he looked in the the in, in the original of 2017, but in this one, they they made him mm-hmm. look uh, actually menacing, and he actually looked like he was a threat in comparison to the last uh, movie. Uh, my negatives yeah. would have to be it is definitely four hours too long. Like I don't think. It's four hours. It's four hours. I I had to separate my viewings of the movie because just doing it in one sitting is impossible. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it was funny. I was off uh, one day and I hit up my homeboy. I was like, yo, um, uh, I'm about to watch the Snyder Cut. Uh, I know we couldn't link up to to, uh, review it, uh, but... Um, he, I asked him what his general thoughts were. He was like, listen, if you're going to sit and watch, you know, you're going to have to pause. So I was literally, I told my wife, you know, I said, hey, I'm going to watch this movie. You want to watch it with me? We put the baby down. And I literally sat there for four hours and um, my wife went to sleep and it kept, it kept me going. There were obviously some parts where I wanted to fall asleep. Um, but yeah. 
for the most part, it kept me going because I was intrigued of how for, how far they were taking these characters. Another unnecessary thing I felt like they put in this movie, well, a couple of unnecessary things, the 4-3 aspect ratio. Like, I have a flat mm-hmm. screen TV. I'm sure, well, you have a flat screen TV like anybody, everybody else. So that 4-3 that, <laughs> that aspect ratio did not really help me experience the film. That's kind of the reason why I had to literally make myself watch it for four hours to a degree. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did not like the... I mean, I like to see... Uh, it was good to see Martian Manhunter, but his his uh, appearance in the movie didn't provide anything for the film at all. Like, he was just there, and he didn't show up for the final battle. Like, not even for a little bit. He showed up at literally at the end where Bruce Wayne is sleeping, you know, and I mm-hmm. thought that that was kind of underused. Uh, another thing I did not like, uh, I felt like they had a missed opportunity that, 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 that moment where Wonder Woman chops off uh, Stephen Wolf's head and Darkseid puts his, his foot on Stephen Wolf's, Stephen Wolf's um, head and he's looking at Superman. And in that moment, I'm like, yo, if they fight right now, this is going to be dope. And they didn't fight. <laughs> They did not yeah. fight. And I was just like, that was yeah. such a miss opportunity. And you you life, had the anticipation for it. You had the anticipation for it. And then it just, it just blows by. They, they don't even get to it. Exactly. And my last, my last like con for it would be, um, uh, dang, I just had it in my head. Uh, oh, the nightmare scene. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was uh, to see Ben Affleck and um, Jared Leto finally have a dialogue between one another, um, Joker and Batman. But again, it didn't really provide anything over in into the story. But uh, as a as a whole, um, I said this on my show. I said, you know, they took what's what Josh Whedon did. He took Zack Snyder's film and literally took all of the parts that didn't make sense and added more parts that didn't make sense. And when you watch the 2017 film. You know, it's two hours, but Ray Fisher's uh, cyborg, we barely see him in that movie. But in this movie, he's literally, he's the, the focal point of Justice League. So I was just like... Yeah, he's the center. He's the center of the movie. <laughs> exactly. He's the center of the movie. So I felt like, you know, that was mad disrespectful how they tried him in 2017. And now, years later, he yeah. finally gets his redemption. So, But overall, as a movie, it was good. Uh, there are a lot of... I don't think that they... Uh, I, I, I like how they're not going to continue uh, the Snyderverse, if that's, I mean, if that's a thing, um, after, you know, after the events of the Snyder Cut. Oh, one, well, one other thing, I have my notes here, I'm sorry. Um, Black Suit Superman was cool yeah. to see, but they there was no point in us seeing Henry Cavill as Black Suit, Black Suit Superman because of anyone who's ever read the comic books, Black Suit Superman, like, attacks the Justice League. They attack, he attacks the good people. Him having the black suit mm-hmm. didn't provide anything other than maybe a fanboy moment that says, oh, he has the black suit, but he used it for the wrong yeah. reason, in my opinion. So, But o- overall, that's how I kind of saw the film. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, because a, a lot of people just... It, it, obviously, the length of the movie was something that was, you know, highly um, debated and just kind of like, you know, was it... Um, gonna keep people engaged for for the reality of the movie. Um, but transitioning to our first topic for one to four stars, what would you give it? Um, if you had to rate this movie from from this type of rating, 
and, and, and just your objective opinion and, and what you kind of you know, your takeaways, your pros and cons, um, where were, what would you kind of put it from one to four stars? A one, one to four stars, I would give it like a three, uh, three star. Um, in my review, I said mm-hmm. I gave it a seven out of 10. Like it's like a C for me. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. for your rating, I would definitely give it like uh, probably give it three because when I look at the 2017 movie, it's funny. I went to go see that movie with your brother Tyler when it first came out, and we all <laughs> we all walked away from that movie like you know it was somewhat good, but what did we really watch? Like we didn't really get an understanding of what happened. And when I look at it that in comparison to what we got with the Snyder Cut, I would have to give it a three because. I was actually, you know, it was actually compelling and I wanted to finish it all the way to the end. And honestly, I wanted more dark side, more, more, more dark side. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. we probably won't get any more dark side, uh, depending on how the DCU goes from this point. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I kind of gave it around a three and a half. Um, I, I feel as though this film was really kind of. Um, refashioning it into being a, an elite and spectacular type of superhero movie. Um, you know, there's so much more than a vindication of the original version, and, and it includes, um, you know, really immersive entertainment. Um, transitioning to our second topic, favorite character. Um, for me personally, I would have Cyborg. Um, you know, t- he had a more expanded role in this film, and um, with the vastly altered dialogue, you know, he's remade into just um, an emotionally compelling character and, and fully developed with the proper origin story. Um, but from this particular film, who did you kind of have as, um, you know, one of or maybe two of your favorite characters from uh, from this one? Um, Cyborg is a good pick because we did get to see why he was so angry and we got to see more of Ray Fisher um, um, basically explore what his interpretation of Cyborg was supposed to be. But if I had to pick one, it would have to be Batman. Um, uh, the reason why, mm-hmm. um, you know, he... He he even said in the movie, he was he he spent time trying to divide them initially, but when he realized that you know a threat is coming, he needed ran- these random heroes to help save the day. And you know, if you watch, you know, if the people who are listening have watched Batman versus Superman, you know, Batman was a very prideful person in Justice League, and at least in the Snyder Cut. He literally has to humble himself like he's revealing himself to, you know, the different um, heroes like Aquaman. He already knew Wonder Woman, but Aquaman and the Flash, like he's telling them his secret identity. And anyone who, you know, knows Batman at his core, that's not something that he would do. And I just thought that especially that moment where they they actually did the scene right, where he's going against Superman and Superman is intentionally trying to kill him. And Batman's just on the ground. He's like, yeah. Clark, we need you. Like, the world needs you. And, you know, in that moment, I I know Batman had kryptonite in his belt. He could have used it. But he was going to allow Clark to kill him. And I just thought that from uh, that from Batman's progression in this film was uh, actually, uh, that's what really, like, stuck out to me. So... If I had to say out of everyone, um, Ray Fisher is definitely the standout, but I would have to say Batman's character went from a lot of different levels, especially that that nightmare scene at the end where he, you know, he's going back to his roots of being dark Batman. Like he he was telling the Joker, I will right. kill you if it's if it's necessary, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, transitioning to most memorable scenes, um, I had a return trip to the Nightmare World where, you know, Cyborg gets a vision of what happens if Darkseid succeeds this time. And this is a precursor to, uh, to the nightmare planet that Batman dreams of in Dawn of Justice. Um, also, the Martian Manhunter scene where he disguised himself um, as Super's um, adopted mom, um, Martha Kent, to, com uh, to comfort a grieving Lois Lane. Um, and then the, the Joker and Batman scene where, you know, Bruce's nap takes him back um, to the nightmare dreamscape and he's joined by the new Justice League and the Joker to plot against a, a bad Superman. And the Joker, um, you know, mocks Batman's dead parents while telling him um, he needs his old foe to write what happened uh, to write what's happened to the world um, to you. What was kind of like some of your most memorable or maybe one of the most memorable scenes you had from, um, from this one? You know, the most memorable scene is actually the, the final battle scene is where Stephen Wolf is about to uh, hit cyborg in his back with his uh, sword. Then out of nowhere, he hits Superman and Superman looks at Stephen Wolf and says, mm, yeah, not impressed. And then he breaks the seat. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my!" The not God. impressed. The not impressed is actually one of one of the quotes I have for one of the, for most memorable quote. I mean, that, that was a top top one liner. Oh yeah, like when he said that, I was like, "Oh my God!" And it, it mm -hmm. was that in that moment right there. That's what really like I was like, okay, I want to see more of a uh, Superman. Hopefully in future films, if they don't, you know, get rid of Henry Cavill. But that was the most memorable moment right there because that's when the whole game changed. Like nobody in the Justice League, Justice League could uh, take down Stephen Wolf individually or together. But in the moment that Sh Superman shows up, it's a complete game changer. Mm -hmm. And he does that. I was like, wow, like that's what really kept me going in the film. So that would, if I had to say a memorable moment, that would be that. That would be the most memorable moment. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our second half of Zack, Zack Snyder's Justice League Review. Welcome back to the show. And now we're getting into our second half of the review. And um, to get into now the most memorable quotes um, I had, you can be anything you want to be from Wonder Woman. I'm not broken from cyborg, not impressed. Um, the, the one liner we were talking about from Superman. Um, some call me the Martian Manhunter from the Martian Manhunter. Um, Faith Alfred Faith from Batman, and then I have turned uh, 100,000 worlds to dust from Darkseid. Um, to you, kind of like what was one of your most uh, memorable quotes um, from from this particular film? I mean, you basically just named every single memorable quote <laughs> I was just about. I was just trying name. to see if there's an I extra mean, one you possibly had. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the one I was going to say was have faith, Alfred, and then, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, let's see if I had to really think. Um, man, ah, the age of the, the age upon heroes are I mean, the age of heroes are upon us from Wonder Woman when she's talking to Bruce mm -hmm. Wayne. Uh, I thought that was dope because. Uh, that was the first, well, I mean, I, in the DCEU, this is the first time where we have heroes from um, the same universe unite. And um, I thought that was pretty cool. I think that that same line was used in the original. But um, if it was, yeah. I don't remember. But um, um, that's, that's that was one that stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and uh, before we transition to our next topic, um, I kind of had a two-part question for you. In terms of a character that you felt as though 
it, there a particular character that you felt as though wasn't expanded on enough or, or, or you didn't see like a, a, enough like involvement from, from, from what you saw from the last one? And also, was there a character that you feel as though you kind of saw more development and more of an evolution of, of, of their particular origin story compared to um, the original? Um, I think, well, the obvious one I believe is Wonder Woman, but the the thing about it was like, I, I feel like Wonder Woman wasn't expounded enough in this movie, in my opinion. Yeah. She, she assistantly. She kind of stayed at the same spot. Yeah. Like her, her role wasn't necessarily as different from the first movie, but I think a lot mm. of that has to do with the fact that, um, you know, we've already seen her in Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84. So I don't think that the fans and, and myself included were expecting much more from her other than what we have already seen uh, pre, pre and post Snyder cut. So uh, I would say her, but also another one, I would say Aquaman as well. I thought we were going to get a yeah. little bit more deeper scenes of of, a, of of Atlantis. And we got, you know, his interactions between him and um, Mira, but other than that, I, I feel like they should have definitely expounded on that because even in the the, the original, the the Whedon cut, um, it essentially stayed in the same place. The only difference is, I would say, that that scene where Bruce is looking for Aquaman, that scene is a little bit longer in comparison to the original. So mm-hmm. um, I think those yeah. two characters were the ones that I felt like didn't shine as much uh, as in uh, in comparison to the others. I mean, Superman. I mean, I know Superman didn't have that much screen time, but the screen time he did have, I would say, was a whole lot better than the screen time than Aquaman and Wonder Woman. I felt like they were placeholders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, transitioning to what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, for, for me, just how it was such a methodical and well told story. Um, Every detail that's placed into this has a, has a logical ba- background and the elements from the original movie were polished and, and just, you know, expanded more upon and improved. Um, to you, kind of like what were some of the elements of this particular uh, storyline that, that you like the most? I love the fact that we get to see dark side running things. Like this is, uh, yeah. they, we finally get to see why dark side is doing what he is doing. Uh, That is what I feel like was one of the biggest things that was lacking from the first movie. Because in the first movie, we get allusions to Darkseid, but we never see him. In this movie, we we understand why Darkseid came to Earth and why he is there. He wanted to get the anti-life equation. And the only way to do that is to do that with the three mother boxes. It never made sense for Stephen Wolf to be there um, in the previous movie, I'm um, doing Darkseid's dirty work. What I would assume that if Darkseid wanted to, you know, conquer worlds, um, he would do that, not send a soldier that could potentially get defeated. So when we saw Darkseid go up against the Amazons, and then we saw him go up against that Green Lantern and the uh, some of the Atlanteans, I thought that was a really good depiction of how ruthless he can be. Um, and also how methodical he is as well. He's like very, uh, he's very, uh, I would say even tempered and very, um, he, he, he has, he has, his plans have plans. So he sent Stephen Wolf and at the end of the fight mm-hmm. where he's looking at the Justice League, 
you know, he has a plan to come back and still get the anti-life equation, even if it takes years or centuries, you know? So he, the one thing I, I would say what really um, brought life to this film is that the whole time Dark Side is pulling strings and the Justice League don't know nothing about it. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and also in terms of, just the kind of your initial expectations of a film that was going to be this long, like before, like before you watched it, before you like first watched it, like, did you, were you like, did you have more anticipation or just like, you know, more optimism about it compared to, compared to, like you said, like the last one, you left feeling as though like kind of a little bewildered and just not sure of like what you were actually watching. Like before you watched this one, did you kind of have like a higher sense of optimism for like what was going to be kind of a longer expanded film? I'm not going to lie. When we heard that the Snyder Cut was actually coming to HBO Max, I completely disregarded. I said, this is going to be trash. And I I said, Mm. I remember saying online, I said, if you look at, just let's look at Zack Snyder's DC movies. You have, uh, aside from Man of Steel, you have Batman vs. Superman, Watchmen, and now Justice League. All three of those movies have extended or director's cuts. So that tells me right. from Zack Snyder, um, you know, obviously there's studio interfer- interference, but I don't feel like he can tell a cohesive two-hour story with a group of heroes instead of focusing on one hero. Like, I love Man of Steel. Man of Steel is dope because it's focusing on one mm-hmm. character. But, you know, I wasn't a fan of Watchmen, but I like the Watchmen director's cut. I wasn't a fan of Batman versus Superman, but I like the... Batman versus Superman ultimate cut. You know, so it's like these different cuts that he has that are not theatrical are actually good because they provide more scenes that provide more context to the story. So when I heard that it was coming out, I was like, listen, my expectations are really, really low. I think this is probably going to be, you know, nothing that we haven't already seen before. And I thought maybe we're going to see maybe five minutes of Dark Side and that's it. But then DC fandom happened. And we yeah. saw that first trailer. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a completely different movie. Okay. That trailer hit different. That trailer hit different. <laughs> it, it did. The expectations went up. <laughs> it did. It did. And I was just like, okay, uh, I'm now interested. Now. <laughs> and that was, you know, I didn't have, when HBO Max came out, I said, I, I have, like, I, I have all the, all of the streaming services. Most of them are free that I'm using. But I was like, I'm not going to sign up for HBO Max solely for like... Oh, you didn't have HBO Max yet? I didn't have it yet. Oh, man. I didn't have it yet. You're holding out. When when DC fandom came out, I want to say maybe about a month after that, after that uh, online convention, I signed up for HBO Max. It was like the first like 60 days were free through AT&T. So we did that. Yeah. And, um... Uh, uh, and now, you know, they're releasing all the new films on HBO Max, so we've been watching those. But when I was, when I heard it was coming out to HBO Max, I was ready. I got the, the subscription, and I said online, I believe it was on my, one of my friend's uh, podcasts, or not podcast, a video podcast, I said, this would be the one thing to sign me up for HBO Max. And it was, and I signed up for it, and I started to watch it, and it, 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 I won't say it blew me away, but it definitely exceeded the expectations that I had because even though I uh, I set my expectations so low, I was still expecting 
to have some spark, some spark. And I and I and I did. I did get those sparks. But for the most part, uh, my expectations for this film were set extremely low. So that way I can enjoy it uh, for what it was. And sometimes th- those are the best film experiences when you don't have highest expectations and then you kind of see like, yeah, this was actually better than what I thought it was going to be. Um, getting into to the final scene, because that's like something that has been talked about a lot. Um, you know, the final scene apparently wasn't even the end of Snyder's vision for this superhero saga. And um, he wanted there to originally be a, a trilogy that would delve into the team's, you know, entire war with Darkseid. Um, but instead we get a cliffhanger um, prepping the next movie since... That's how it would have ended in 2017. But kind of like what were your thoughts on how Zack Snyder originally had a different vision for this ending and kind of like what the future story would have involved? Um, you know, I you know, ultimately when you look at both films, essentially the endings are somewhat the same. The only difference is, you know, with mm-hmm. Zack, there's a little bit more. I mean, you know, Dark Side is involved, and then you know, uh Bruce is still having nightmares so essentially um the ending didn't really didn't really shock me as much because we all knew what the end result was going to be we just didn't know how different it was going to be when we got there so the ending didn't really change that much for me because i went back and watched the uh 2017 version and it's i will say obviously there's some scenes that are obviously the same and there's some things that are very drastically different but when you compare the ending scenes from both movies, they're not that much different in terms of the context of the story. So ultimately, I it didn't really surprise me like I thought it was going to. But um, I will I was satisfied for what Zack Snyder put uh, put together because again it provided more context to his uh, to his story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and transitioning to to uh, one of our last topics ten years from now, do you still think this will be watchful and intriguing? And before we even get to this this last topic, do you think the fact that this is such a, a long film for like just casual movie watchers and people that are maybe not as vested in you know the DC universe or just you know comic book superhero type films? Um, but before we get in, into just this topic particularly, what do you do you think that it could possibly hold back some people? from viewing this a decade from now is still a watchable and intriguing type of movie. Almost oh, definitely. Most definitely because I think I think personally the only people who watched the Snyder cut were DCEU and DC comic book fans and not many general fans. Like most general fans don't know like they right now like I had explained to some of my coworkers today like Zack Snyder released his own original Justice League cut, and they did not know. And some of them don't even have HBO Max, or most of them don't have HBO Max. So I think it will definitely stand the test of time for people who who love the genre and love, you know, uh, DC, because uh, they obviously it has its audience, it has its base. But for the general public, I don't think so, because even when I look at the original response to the original movie, the general, general public barely saw that movie. So... Uh, I I, yeah. I want to say, yeah, I want to say in some ways, yeah, it will definitely still. Hold I'm giving up. a slight yes. I'm giving a slight yes. I'm mm-hmm. giving a slight yes. But I also know there are people that just are going to have no interest in this because they're not as best in this type of world. Exactly. And then it's like, how do you convince somebody to watch 
a four-hour movie that's not Marvel or Star Wars. I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's... I mean, that's very... Impo- I mean, I had to sit through it, and I was just like... there. Obviously, there are parts that kept me into it, but for the most part, I was like, if I was in a theater, I probably would have walked out by now, because this is just... They, like, there are obviously some parts that Zach put in that are just drawn out for no reason. And then... I'm like, okay, if I was watching Avengers Endgame Part 5, I would love to sit there. I don't care if it was drawn out because Marvel has a track record of putting out great content. So for me, uh, I don't think, I don't really think it will because it's like, again, it's a director's cut. And most people who are not fans of either Zack Snyder or DC, they're not going to watch it. Like most general people don't even know that Snyder came out with a cut. You know, and keep in mind, since we're still in mm-hmm. COVID, like that's not really advertised. Yeah, obviously. TV. Yeah, um, but but I was saying, I, I had a couple questions about. Um, I mean, a few, a few questions about just kind of like, what are your initial thoughts of just some of the things that could happen in, in the future for the DC universe? But obviously, now the news of, of of Batman now being with Robert Pattinson and just um, you know, things like that, kind of still uh, being halted with, with COVID and internal productions for that. What what are kind of your initial expectations for what Robert Pattinson could do as the new Batman, and just some of the things you're looking forward to, and him getting into that type of role and, and some new elements from from what Ben Affleck uh, left off. So for me, I, I when we found out Robert Pattinson was being Batman, now I I, I like to make the point. I, I've always said that Robert Pattinson is an amazing actor. I have not watched. All of Twilight, like I've only watched the first Twilight movie, so I can't judge him as an actor based off one vampire movie that I think is trash. But I've seen the other movies that he's been in, and he's a phenomenal actor. But I'm not gonna lie, when I found out he was cast as Batman, I immediately said, This is stupid, like this is trash because, yeah, he there's nothing in my opinion, in my opinion, that I've seen him play outside of Twilight that he can be. The Dark Knight. Like, I I can't see him in that role. But then again, DC fandom happened, and we saw that Batman trailer. trailer. Yeah. Oh the the trailers, they, they know how to reel you in with the trailers, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, because I, I was like, I'm I, like, even when they came out with the steals of what he looked like, and I get it, it's the younger Batman getting, you know, he's only been doing this for two years. So I get that the suit wasn't going to be looking like the suit that we know and love. But... I was just like, I'm not in this. Like, this is the first time I'm, that we hear about a Batman movie that I'm not excited for. And anyone who knows me, I love Batman's one of my favorite comic book characters in DC. So, mm-hmm. when, but again, when we saw that trailer and then that scene where uh, one of those guys that has a clown face on walks up to him and asks, well, who are you? And he beats down one of the clowns with just one hand. Like one, one. hand, and <laughs> just one, just one, and he says, "I'm vengeance." I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "Okay, I'm sold." But oh, to, yeah. but to answer your question, do I think that he can live up and like, what do I expect from him? I I want to ex- expect a a a detective, brooding, gritty Batman, like the Batman we got from essentially the Dark Knight franchise plus the animated series and even a little bit of Ben Affleck's Batman merged into this. Um, but also seeing a Bruce Wayne size Batman with growing pains, you know, in the beginning, Batman didn't always get it right, but 
I want to see him be as ruthless because, you know, Ben Affleck, I, and, I, and I've said this before, Ben Affleck's interpretation of Batman is the most accurate ter- interpretation of Batman that I've seen because he breaks people's bones and doesn't ask questions. Like, yeah. in, in every other Batman yeah. movie that we've seen, even with Nolan's Batman, they don't really go that far. I don't know why. They just, they don't. So... I kind of want to see that from him. And I think mm-hmm. he could do a really good job. I, I you know, again, seeing the trailer and his progression as an actor, I think, I think he would literally surprise a lot of people. So I am interested in that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of my last question for you in terms of just some of the future movies, um, you know, I think that the flash is possibly coming up soon. Um, Aquaman 2, 2022, um, Wonder Woman 3 is still, you know, to be decided. In terms of just a certain character um, from the DC Universe, that their next film you're kind of, you would kind of have a heightened anticipation for and, and really looking for what they um, can expand on in terms of their roles. Is there a particular character um, that you're looking most forward to in terms of their next film? It's actually, it's actually two movies. Uh, one is uh, Black okay. Adam. With the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, mm. they just yeah. recently cast uh, Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate. So I'm interested to see what kind of story they're going to tell, because it seems like Doctor Fate and Hawkman are going to be a very uh, pivotal part in the Black Adam story. And I find the reason why I find it so intriguing is because Black Adam is a supervillain. So how is he going to? have a movie where he is essentially, are they going to glorify him being a villain? Are they going to glorify him being an anti-hero or a hero with his own, you know, own values or morals? So I'm just curious to see how that's going to play out. Um, So that's one I'm really, really interested in. And another one that I'm really interested in is Shazam 2. I love the first movie. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The first movie was so, so good. I I was not expecting that movie to be good at all. And I am so excited for Shazam 2. So uh, it's funny because both of them are in the same family. Like Black Adam and Shazam are are mortal enemies to one another. So I'm definitely interested to see both of those movies come out. Now, as far as anything else, like I wasn't really a fan of Aquaman. Um, It was okay. I, I didn't like it. Yeah, it was okay. It, it, it was a, a middle-tier type film. Yeah. Oh, I am. A, but uh, since uh, James Gunn is a, attached to Suicide Squad, the, the second movie, I am interested to see that because um, at DC Fandom, they showed uh, their new Suicide Squad characters. And I read about a lot of those characters and seeing the promotion and the clips that they released at uh, DC Fandom. I am highly anticipating like a rated R Guardians in the Galaxy <laughs> style Suicide Squad movie. So I can't wait to see yeah. that as well. So if I had to choose three, those would be my three. So James Gunn, Suicide Squad, Black Adam, and Shazam 2. Yeah, absolutely. And, and real quick, before I let you go, man, my co-host, Savon, he thinks Joker from last year was the best, should have received an Oscar he hailed it as as one of the best movies he's seen in a while. To me, it was it was good. I liked Joaquin Phoenix's performance a lot. Mm-hmm. The film I wasn't as high on. Where do you stand on on Joker of of the Joker movie? If you if you've seen it, I think you have. Now I 
and I and I would say this if Savon were here. Savon's a good dude. I I I dis I, I like the movie, but I disagree with the stance. It's definitely not the best movie. <laughs> uh, I didn't have it as the Oscar winner. I, I'm just gonna the, the fans, the, the listeners know I didn't have it as the Oscar winner last year. <laughs> yeah, like I mean Joaquin Phoenix. I mean Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker. I don't. He did a good job. I would never downplay that at all. He did an amazing job, but uh, I don't know why he was nominated for an Oscar in comparison to the other people. Um, again, he did an amazing job. He played that part. He definitely went in, but um, definitely thought, a top a top three Joker ever. Top three? Uh, well, yeah, I could say that because I would say no, I, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying to, to, to me because he I'm not saying he's he's obviously not over Heath Ledger, but I think he did put up one of the great Joker performances. Yeah, I think it's it's Heath, it's Ledger for me, and Jack Nicholson, and then there's uh, yeah uh, Joaquin. Like I I think that I th- uh, mm-hmm. those are the, if I had to order them, that's where it would be. But as far as the movie, I don't know if I ever reviewed the movie, but my my interpretation of what, what uh, was it? My interpretation of it is that this is a man that had a lot of bad days. And he allowed his mental illness to get the get to better to get the to get the the better of him. Better of him. And um, I yeah. uh, it made me think like, yo, we really should not be treating people like crap because you don't know what they're going through and he, what they're going through. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was just trying to he was just trying to adjust and live life. And every time he was trying to do the things that he loved, you have little kids trying to beat him up, and then you have. Uh, people on the bus torturing him because he has a laughing condition. And, you know, I will agree. Yeah, those kids deserve to die. Like, yo, like, you beat them up on a bus. What do you expect? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, dang. What do you like, expect to happen when you do so- do something like that to someone? <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, so for me, uh, uh, I think it was a it was a good movie. I, I don't believe it was Oscar worthy. And again, for your listeners, if Savon were here, I would tell him, I'm like, I feel you, bro, but I disagree with that stance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we have another guest because I, the last guest we had uh, um, who was on that review, Maurice Hendricks, he disagreed with him as well. So uh, the, the guests keep, Savon, when you hear this, the guests keep racking up against you, man. So jo- Joker was not an Oscar winner. <laughs> it was not. It was not. And like, it, but, um, if, if that's the case, yeah. if, if, if Joker is a... Oscar winner movie, then I feel like if by just judging by that, then I don't see why Black Panther was not an Oscar movie either. Like I just because that movie it was absolutely should have been an Oscar movie. Black exactly. Panther with that that was a snub. That was an Oscar snub. One of the biggest Oscar snubs ever. Exactly, and it was nominated and it should have won. Like Green Green, what was it? Greenville that won or something? Like I'm like, come on. Yeah, I'm like, like so. By- Green Book, I think it was Green Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So judging by that analysis, I, uh, I, I, I love you, Savon, but no, not it, not it. It doesn't even come close. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. You heard it here, Savon. <laughs> um, but, but Alex, this has been an absolute, absolute pleasure having you on this first time. All the, all the things that you're doing, Momentum Media, Momentum Media listeners, subscribe to that channel. You're putting out great content. And this was an absolute pleasure. And we can't wait to have you on more times uh, and with our co-host, Savon, as well. 
Oh yeah, man. Yeah, like uh, if if all you guys are listening and um, you want to uh, hear my perspective about movies, I do a weekly show every Thursday at one p.m. called the Ask Alex Show, where we talk about movie news. I drop random videos about like movie movie reviews and movie news. Also, I have a show called Real Debates, where we debate each other from different topics, from nostalgia, movies, and all different mm-hmm. types of things as well. Um, uh, as Wellington said earlier in the beginning, I also interview people who've been in TV, movies, and stuff. The most recent yeah. interview I did was about a month ago with Kid from Kid and Play. So uh, I got an opportunity mm. to talk to him. So. Fire, fire, fire interview. Yeah. Yeah. Dope dude. Really, really cool dude. Uh, so, and anyone who knows me, House Party is literally one of my top 10 movies. So, um, yeah. So definitely check me out. Amazing. I'm on Momentum Media on YouTube. Just type in Momentum Media. I'm the first thing that pops up. And um, I hope you guys like, comment, and subscribe to Wellington's uh, podcast because he's doing his thing with Savon. So thank you. Yeah. Like, uh, keep doing what you're doing, man, because it's definitely going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah, th- thank you so much for that. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wednesday Burns. This has been Full Scope. See you later.